Welcome to Fides Podcast. My name is Jerry Serino, and I'm your host. Uh, thanks for listening. Uh, Fides is Latin for faith and truth, and that's what we do on this show is talk about truth and talk about faith. Uh, thanks for being here. Uh, the great song that you're hearing in the background is my friend Frank Camp. You could find him on Spotify. Great song. This song is called Heaven Can Wait. But thanks for being here, and let's get right to it. Okay, and welcome to another edition of Fides Podcast. My name is Jerry Serino, and I'm your host, and I'm coming to you with talent on loan from Rush. Um, I am real excited to have with me today um, from uh, the Alliance Defending Freedom organization, Matt Sharp, who's the uh, Senior Counsel and Director for the Center for Legislative Advocacy. Uh, Matt, thanks for being here. Thanks for having me. Excellent. So so you're an attorney and this is, um, you know, I reached out to you guys because of all the talk right now of the uh, Equality Act and um, no one better than a group, uh, someone like you and a group like yours to talk about the issue of the Equality Act. So there's a lot of talk about it right now. Do me a favor. I, I've done a lot of research into it, but, you know, maybe I mean, certainly I only know about, you know, a fraction of what you do. And some of my listeners may be asking questions. So give us a quick synopsis of what the Equality Act is and what it does. Yeah. So the Equality Act accomplishes two things. Uh, number one, it adds gender identity and sexual orientation to a lot of our federal laws, uh, laws dealing with like employment and public accommodations, funding and things like that. And so as a result, we've seen how in numerous states, similar versions of this, state versions of the Equality Act have been used to undermine religious freedom and things like that. The second part of this, though, it actually rolls back existing religious liberty protections. Mm -hmm. uh, a lot of people are familiar with RIFRA, the Religious Freedom Restoration Act. Um, part of what the Equality Act does is roll that back so that you can't use that. People of faith are unable to use RIFRA in cases involving the Equality Act. So we both see a proactive part of it where it's adding gender identity, sexual orientation to all of these federal laws and simultaneously pulling back those protections for religious liberty under the RIFRA. Mm -hmm. Um, you guys said uh, on your, your website, you have a really great website, by the way, too, if you're looking to really understand these issues, um, it's adflaw.org. Adflegal.org. Legal. Sorry. I, yeah. I was looking for it. It's right in front of me. I just couldn't find it. Um, yeah. Adflegal.org. A lot of great information. You had a couple, you had an article on there that talked about some of these things. And one was, um, about a Colorado baker, uh, his, yeah. uh, a, literally a baker. Uh, his name was Jake Phillips. And also a case here, I'm, I'm in Ohio and um, a case here in Ohio about uh, uh, something similar. Can you give us an overview of that and, and what people can expect if this passes? Yeah. So the, the story of Jack Phillips, he's the Colorado cake artist baker, uh, mm -hmm. gives a prime example of some concerns about the Equality Act. Um, Colorado has a state version of this. And Jack is an incredibly talented uh, cake artist, um, does incredibly elaborate wedding cakes and things like that, but has always done it consistent with his religious beliefs. Um, he was asked to do a cake for a same-sex wedding and he declined, um, told the customers gladly sell them anything else they want in the shop, but creating a cake with a message that violates his religious beliefs, he just doesn't feel he can do. Mm -hmm. well, under a state version of the Equality Act, Jack was dragged into court, um, spent years going all the way to the Supreme Court, finally got a victory there, 
you think that would be the end of it, but turns around and is now being sued a second and even a third time for declining to do a gender reveal cake for a biological male that wanted to announce a female identity. And that just shows how laws like the Equality Act of what we're seeing in Colorado with Jack Phillips is going to happen all across the country as other creative professionals are forced to create messages that violate their convictions. Yeah, that's crazy. And I, I, I think, you know, the one thing is I was doing research into this and I was looking at this and seeing that uh, even if you win in, the, in a lawsuit, um, it's, it's costly to, and, and you said it takes years and there's a lot of problems that occurs with that. So even if you win, it is not an easy thing. Um, w- w- tell me about the effects of, of the Equality Act uh, on hospitals and doctors in, in the healthcare arena that they're going to face. Yeah, there, there's a few different ways that it impacts medical professionals, nurses, doctors, and others. So number one, um, we've seen how state versions of the Equality Act have been used to force government funding, taxpayer funding of abortions. And with that can even come these conscience violations where nurses and doctors and others that work at government funded hospitals are told, hey, this is required, you must perform these procedures. And so we're concerned about conscience violations, even as it relates to abortion. I think another one though, brings up in the context of gender identity. Uh, One of the things that's added, there are a lot of medical providers and, and a growing number of medical voices raising concerns about doing these gender identity surgeries and procedures. Uh, We're talking about kids uh, eight, nine years old being put on puberty blockers so that they never experience puberty. They never go through the normal natural process of becoming an adult. And that ultimately leads to surgeries um, that render them unable to have families. Um, And so there's a lot of medical organizations because of not just religious beliefs, but even just medical ethics say, This is a terrible thing to do to kids. Mm -hmm. And yet under the Equality Act, and again, we've seen this in California and other places, these doctors and nurses and others are being told, you must do those procedures. Because if you're if you're giving uh, like, you know, surgical procedures like a a mastectomy for a woman that has breast cancer, you must be willing to do the same for someone that's just wanting to identify as a man. And there's a lot of these hospitals saying those are different things. And we don't think it's in the best medical ethical decision to do some of these gender identity related procedures, but the Equality Act would force them to do that. Yeah, it would, it would force them. And then if obviously if they declined, you're talking about legal action and right. costly and time and a lot of crazy things that people, you know, they want to focus on healthcare. Yeah, I think it takes away, um, if you could talk about this too, uh, the rights of the parents, because they're even going deeper yeah. and they're not talking about uh, consenting adults. They're talking about, I believe a case, the Ohio case was yeah. a 17 year old girl who wanted to um, go on testosterone supplements or something. And the parents said no, and they were being forced to. Yeah. Ohio is a a tragic example of some of the consequences of this, that based on this medical evidence, this science that's coming out about the harms of these puberty blockers and cross-sex hormones on kids, a lot of parents may say, look, we just want our child to go through natural puberty. Mm-hmm. Um, I saw a study that 90% of the kids that have confusion about their, their gender identity, if you just allow them to go through puberty, it resolves on its own. Um, that puberty kind of solves a lot of those questions. Mm-hmm. And so for a parent to say, how about we just press pause and not let our child go on these cross-sex hormones and things. And yet, as we saw in Ohio, a judge took away parental custody, uh, took away those parental rights 
because the parents just said, look, we're not comfortable consenting to that right now. And I think that shows that parental rights across the country could come under attack, that parents that are just doing what they think is best for their child, something that we've always protected, are going to find themselves losing custody, being dragged into court, uh, simply because they're saying, we don't want our child to go through that. We want our child to just grow up naturally. When they reach an adult, they can make their own decisions. Mm -hmm. But while they're a child, we need to avoid anything that could permanently harm them, leave them unable to have children one day. Right. Yeah. And I think, I think there's, there's been so much talk lately about um, the, the uh, men or yeah men who identify as women going into women's sports and that's upsetting things. And that certainly is, is not good and something we don't like, but I, the, these points you're bringing up are so much deeper than even that and, and the problems they cause and the freedoms they're taking away from parents who you're saying uh, are being forced or could be with this passage forced to do things for their children, not adults, children. Um, one of the things that I think is concerning, and it was a case, and I believe it was in the article that, on your website that talked about, <clears throat> um, I don't know if you're familiar with Jordan Peterson, hopefully mm -hmm. my audience is, I, I'm a big fan of his and he came to fame because the, the Canada, the government in Canada was forcing uh, people to use pronouns. So call a he, a she, or she, a he, depending on what the person wanted. And his stance was, you can't tell me what to say. So I'm not going to do what you say. Um, are we into that with this act? Not only with pronouns or, but also, Hey, we're going to teach uh, this in school and you're going to have to accept it. Yeah. Unfortunately, yes. We've actually got a case in Southern Ohio dealing with a professor at a university there um, who liked to, you know, have certain formalities in the classroom and, and you know, Mr. and Miss so-and-so when talking to students um, and did that and then found himself coming under attack because he was trying to actually show respect to students. And this professor was willing to say, hey, you know, I'll just call you by your last name. We'll avoid using titles or anything like that. Avoid using pronouns entirely. And not only did the school tell him he must do so, but even Outside of the classroom, if he bumped into this student at a grocery store on his own time, the school was saying, you must use that student's preferred pronouns. And I remind people, when you use those words, we're not talking about just preferences. There's a truth underlying that, right? Mm -hmm. You're forcing someone to say, even though you're biologically a male, I'm going to acknowledge that you're a female and call you miss and use some of those pronouns. And we as Americans should shudder at the government forcing someone to speak a message that violates their deeply held beliefs, convictions, philosophies about these issues. But that's exactly what we're seeing these laws and these types of policies be used to do, to force Americans to speak messages and ideas that they firmly disagree with. Yeah, I, I think that, that that is truly the the ultimate point is this. It, what's scary is the sort of totalitarian attitude of forcing people to speak a certain way. It's not selling people you can't say something. Right. which could be a problem, but it's saying you should say something, yeah. uh, you know, which is, which is insane. By the way, I always think about the pronoun things. And when I talk to people, especially one-on-one, -on -one, I don't even know when I would use a pronoun in talking to them. It's, it's such a rare uh, thing anyways, and they are just making a big deal out of it. Um, you know, this is, this is really great. This is, this is excellent. I, I guess my last question is, is should this pass um, what is the recourse? What is the recourse for individuals? What is the recourse for states? If a state says, 
we're not having any of this. Uh, what do we do? I know legal action, but what does that look like? Yeah. Uh, so let me talk about the latter one with, with states first. Mm-hmm. Um, I remind people, we, we saw the Obama administration try and do something similar. Uh, in 2016, they issued a dear colleague letter that was telling every public school, you must allow males to use female restrooms. You must use their pronouns and those things. And I think it was about two dozen states sued the Obama administration and said, you don't have authority to do this. Mm-hmm. Um, you are trying to dictate what our schools must do, how we must operate. And that is beyond your authority. And that was enjoined. We actually had a federal judge tell the Obama administration, you can't force states to do that. And so I think whether it takes the form of the Equality Act or even just the Biden administration trying to do this through letters and rules and regulations, there's going to be a lot of states that push back on this and say, Mm -hmm. federal government, you are limited in what you can do. And when it comes to our children and our families, what's best for women in our state, that is for us to decide, not for you. And so I think that's one of the areas we're going to see this. Mm -hmm. Um, Turning to your second one about individuals, you know, ADF has for years been dealing with state versions of this, uh, like Jack Phillips in Colorado. Um, We represent a women's shelter in Anchorage, Alaska, that Anchorage had a local version of one of these. And it was telling this women's shelter they had to allow a biological male to come and sleep in the shelter overnight where he was just going to be an arm's reach away from women that may have been fleeing sex trafficking or abusive situations. Mm -hmm. We stood with them and got a great victory. So we're going to continue to stand against anything a Biden administration does, whether it's the Equality Act or these other rules and regulations. We're going to stand with people whose rights are violated. Um, it's one of the things I love about ADF. We're a nonprofit. We're able to stand with them free of charge mm-hmm. um, to take their cases because no one could for, uh, have the resources to go against the federal government. Um, mm-hmm. And so we're able to do that. But I think that's it's going to take courageous individuals and organizations willing to stand up and say, no, I'm, I'm not going to let the government force me to violate my beliefs. Um, and ADF is going to stand with them as they do that. Yeah, that's excellent. And it's great to hear you say, uh, when you think about the, you talked talk about Jake Phillips from uh, Colorado, uh, it was a, a three year long case. And I mean, who, who could afford that, right? And so, you know, you guys come in and are obviously supported uh, by many people in the community. So, so Matt, this is this has been great and really, really informative. Um, how, how could people and I know I mentioned the website, but how could people find you and support your organization? Because obviously, you need support. I think we're going to have a ton of these types of lawsuits, people are going to need it. Um, what's the best way for people to learn and support your group? Yeah, so you you mentioned our website, uh, we've actually got a page dedicated to this. If you go to adflegal.org backslash stand for freedom, you can learn more about the harms of the Equality Act, um, but how people can stand with us. Um, you know, we, we are a nonprofit. And so, you know, the, the donations people give help us to take one of these cases, help us to defend the female athletes in Connecticut and the women's shelter and others that are impacted by all of this. And so it's just adflegal.org backslash stand for freedom. They can learn more about this issue, how they can get involved and help us stand against efforts to undermine our free speech, religious liberty and, and marriage and family. Yep, absolutely. They're coming after us. That is for sure. And it's been going on for years. And one wonders if, if we don't start winning these fights, where, where we will be 10 years from now. You know, 10 years ago, someone had said we'd be battling over bathrooms and having boys go into girls' bathrooms and locker rooms. We would think, come on, you're crazy. But here it is. And, and it's happening. So, 
Um, Matt Sharp from Alliance Defending Freedom, Senior Counsel and Director for the Center of Legislative Advocacy. Uh, thanks so much for being here. Please, again, check him out at adflegal.org. And to get uh, more specific, adflegal.org uh, backslash stand for freedom. And you can find out all the information that you want and uh, support them, hopefully, any way that you can. Matt, thanks for being here. Appreciate it. Thanks for having me on. Anytime. And thank all of you for listening. Uh, thanks for listening to another episode of Feed Ace podcast uh, with Matt Sharp from the Alliance Defending Freedom as we talked about the Equality Act. Thanks again, and we'll talk to you soon.